they'll show the person and like there's too much makeup on them or they're rich or something and then you're like yep <laughs> he's gonna die <laughs> he's gonna die he's gonna deserve to die we're all gonna be okay with that <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 361 with a review of San Andreas. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Stephen Miller. <laughs> <laughs> I realize there's supposed to be like an and there. Do it over, do it over. You're Christopher Schneezy, and I'm Stephen <laughs> And if you're joining us for the first time and you're not crushed in uh, the destructive power of a 9.6 earthquake... Um, this is the Spoiler Warning Podcast. It is a weekly film review program. Uh, each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are going to be debating, discussing, and arguing over San Andreas, the new disaster movie that takes place in, uh, you know, our great state of California. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of the damage takes place up in your neck of the woods, Stephen. So how, how are you doing today? Is, is it no, no tremors this morning? No, only inside, only in, in my heart. It is, no tremors, no tremors. It is interesting. We'll get into it in the review. But having friends who live in residential buildings that you literally watch get destroyed on screen. <laughs> There's a kind of thrill to that of like, oh, hey, that's Alex. Bye. <laughs> yeah, when I was watching it, because I mean, I'm, I'm, looking to move up to that area and uh, you know as you know I've been dealing with a bunch of scammers and I was watching the movie going like I hope one of the scammers lives in that building and then I realized that they're scammers they probably don't even live in San Francisco <laughs> so I had less joy hey you had another kid but he drowned right <laughs> that's an appropriate question to just dive into right uh, yeah. oh man Man, it's all right. If you ask me questions like that, you might get some comeuppance. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Anyways, um, so... What the hell is going on? Oh, I'm getting bleeps and bloops. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so... Yeah, I mean, besides uh, the joy of watching your friend's buildings get crushed, how are you doing? Doing good. Uh, recording in a new location today. Live from the top of a building <laughs> as a tsunami breaks all around me. Well, the good news is that uh, if by chance um the rock is able to get a helicopter that can make the distance um, he might be able to pick you up from the top of that building as the waters are rushing towards you but i mean there's also a chance that the helicopter won't make it <laughs> yeah i could be one of the other 99.9 percent <laughs> but we'll see what happens yeah i i i there's no tremors down here. I mean, even if there were tremors down here, obviously they wouldn't cause as much damage as up there by you because I have less tall buildings around me um, and mm. less hilly areas. But uh, you know, it, it was I was sadly walking out of the theater. I was kind of hoping there would be a real-life earthquake, like not the big one, but a earthquake, just so I could be like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I have actually experienced a few little earthquakes here. And... So I know in real life, what would I do? Am I, like, The Rock's daughter? Or am I, like, all the million other dumb people who die? <laughs> and <laughs> my reaction when there was an earthquake. So my apartment is basically, like, on a ledge <laughs> on a cliff. <laughs> it's, like, the worst the worst place for an earthquake. Um, 
And so I woke up in the middle of the night and the earth had started shaking and I just leapt out of bed and darted out the front door. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yep. Nice. So I don't think that's what you do in an earthquake, but (laughs) that's what I do in an earthquake. Uh, Yeah, I mean, really, you could do whatever you want in an earthquake because... It's either going to be too small to matter or it's going to be the big one and, and, you know, going under a desk. is like your little Ikea furniture desk in your office is not going to help protect you if you're underneath it. When, yeah, I got to uh, ask Paul Giamatti where he gets his desks from. Yeah, because apparently they're stronger. Yep. <laughs> apparently he gets them from Caltech. <laughs> they probably build them in one of the departments there. It is weird. Why did they do Caltech? Like so much was in the Bay Area. They could have done Stanford or Berkeley, but they did Caltech. Well, I think they, want, they really wanted the whole point of it to be that, like, they're in a location that's not where the big, like, the major next thing is happening. And he's got to try to warn them there as opposed to, like, he's like, guys, we're here. It's about to happen. It's it's less impactful if it's just him going, like, oh, shit. And then they all get crushed. It's better if he's like, I need to warn you. <laughs> Plus, he can offer extra credit to anybody that helps him hack into networks. <laughs> You're going to feel the shake from Napa all the way in Sonoma wine country. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Been working on it. <laughs> Anyways, you ready ready to get in this uh, this uh, review? Yeah, that banter was a disaster. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> of Roland Emmerich proportions. <laughs> yes. There was an Emmerich in the credits of this movie, but it wasn't Roland. I don't know. Does he have like Wait, did a the brother who was for a second? <laughs> no. no, they kept rolling. <laughs> no, but I saw like one of the executive producers or something. His last name was Emmerich. I wonder if like there's a little baby Emmerich who, who makes disaster movies too. <laughs> who, di- who didn't drown? Yeah. <laughs> or if this is like a. Donald Kaufman type thing where Roland Emmerich just wrote himself in as a different person. <laughs> nice. Well, we should get into this, this uh, episode. You know, I, I don't know a lot of st- uh, things, Stephen, but I do know that even though we record this podcast in California, they're going to be able to listen to it on the East Coast. <laughs> it's not your fault. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer and then come back and give you guys a review. Chief Gaines, you have over 600 documented rescues. That's pretty impressive. Harrison said you're taking off with Blake for a few days. Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to drive her back up to school. I can't believe she's in college already. I know. Hey, honey. Hi, Dad. Hi. Everything okay? I wanted to tell you I was sorry for how I acted yesterday. No, Ray, really. No, am I? Emma. Emma. Oh my God. chunk of land will be decimated are you saying the whole san andreas fault might go off everybody 
Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. We are going now! I'd be safe from war If I was an iron We can't stop it, we can't prepare for it. Yeah, I love on you dreaming It will be a global event. Okay, so that was the trailer for San Andreas. Uh, there's not a lot of setup to this film. Basically, uh, California is sort of sectioned in half by a giant ass fault that uh, has the potential to one day, like, rip all of California to shreds. <laughs> and uh, this film is all about, like, what would happen if that day was the day in the film. <laughs> so, basically, The Rock, he is a firefighter, rescue man, helicopter dude. And Just his... doing his job, Chris. <laughs> He's got over 600 rescues under his belt, um, which, I mean, could be an impressive metric, but it also depends on how many years he's been on the force, because if you divide that amongst a lot of time, it doesn't seem like that much of a rescue. Anyways, but uh, his daughter is up in San Francisco, and uh, he's, I'm guessing, Los Angeles, <laughs> and when these earthquakes start to happen, he decides, I'm going to fly my helicopter there during the course of one two-hour movie. And uh, try to rescue her before she gets crushed to death by a bunch of buildings and stuff like that. So anyways, Stephen, what did you think of this film? I might have to branch my opinion into whether you live in the Bay Area or don't live in the Bay Area. As far as like enjoyment of this film goes. Because <laughs> from a filmmaking perspective, like this is a pretty f- stupid movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> I mean, it hit my girlfriend and I, we were listing all the ways that this hits every single disaster movie criteria, like ones that I didn't even realize happened. Like, I realize now the the lead in a disaster movie has to be a man who's recently divorced <laughs> because of some tragedy. Like, he's separated from his wife, but not because they don't love each other, so that <laughs> over the course of the movie, they can fall in love again. Yeah, they can realize they love each other still. Yeah, and in order to do that, if she is with another person, that guy either has to be exposed as like an evil, <laughs> evil dude, or some tragedy has to happen to him. Or, or maybe a combination of the two. Yeah, maybe a combination of the two. So that by the time tragedy happens, we're supposed to laugh at the death of a human being. <laughs> See, you, and, usually when you're dealing with this much uh, relationship combination stuff, they call it shipping. But in this movie, yeah. we just call it shipping container. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then not to mention, like, there, I, can't, I can't list citations now, but I feel like the idea also that there's the kid who is resourceful because they learned it from dad. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's also another kind of staple of these things. I don't know. It, it hits all of that completely, like... 
as efficiently as possible. <laughs> By efficiently, I mean it doesn't bother to have a story or anything that would make that be meaningful. Because, like, like I, I won't even call it alluded to. Like I quoted that you had another kid, but he drowned, right? Question like... That is the idea of exposition in this movie. It's like the, the, the two best. people, <laughs> go ahead. Two people just sitting at a dinner table, <laughs> and, and one of them goes, "Oh, you had, you have a kid, and you had another kid too, but she, but he, she drowned, right?" Well, I mean, in, in the all, end, in, in all fairness, they did uh, they did set that scene up when the the boyfriend is like, "Oh no, she's meeting my sister. She can be a little crazy." Yeah, <laughs> and smash cut to like, "I'm crazy." Oh, but she'll get her comeuppance. The, the worst, the worst two thing about like all those exposition scenes is like that. There's literally a scene where The Rock and his ex-wife, or soon-to-be ex-wife, uh, it, they're just sitting in a plane, and it's like peaceful. They're having this like really sad conversation, and below them there are just fires and like cars <laughs> driving everywhere. Yeah, and they could they could not care less about humanity. Do, do they ever have a single conversation no, about and, like the and, other people? And that's the thing is like at the beginning of this film. Like, The Rock is willing to risk a helicopter full of, like, three firefighters and two camera people, or an interviewer and a camera person, and he's just like, I'm going to tip the hat to save this one girl on the side of a cliff. And, like, he's totally fine doing that. And it's like they set him up as this guy who, like, no matter what's happening, he will always try to rescue somebody who is in need. And there's scenes where they're just blowing past people that are basically dying or dead. <laughs> and he's like, whatever, I'm The Rock, i got to get my daughter. Yep. Could not care less. <laughs> I, I, not only are they just blowing past that, they're using that time, like you said, to like reminisce about <laughs> when they went to Coit Tower before and <laughs> you know, talk about their relationship. And I don't know. I don't know how human beings would behave in such a ridiculous disaster. Maybe you would revert to like menial conversation to survive. But he's even making jokes like he lands the parachute out of their whatever vehicle at the time. And as he lands in the city that's on fire, where millions have died, he goes, the first time I got to second base with my wife in a while. <laughs> I actually enjoyed that, though. That oh, no, was, like, I, the worst joke in the world, but I was like, you know what? Like, there are, I mean, it, there are appropriate times in the middle of a disaster to make a joke where it's like you have a moment of peace. Like, it'd be different if, like, the earth was shaking at that amount of time. Um, if he's like, if the earth was shaking and they're running, he's like, I wish I had more time to spend at second base. Like that would be less funny. <laughs> but like the fact that he just like lands on second base and makes that line, it was like, eh, I golf clap. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. And I should say like that line, much of this movie, despite being extraordinarily stupid, I at least had a pretty good time watching it. And I think part of that is the Bay Area thing. Like, there there really is a kind of joy in seeing a city that you know that, for the most part, is geographically accurate, except for when they want the Golden Gate Bridge to be places that the Golden Gate Bridge isn't. <laughs> <laughs> a few times, like, here you are on a street, let's sneak the Golden Gate Bridge at the end of that view. Like, nope, <laughs> no, that that's is not so where you, the bridge goes. That's just so you don't forget that you're in San Francisco. <laughs> Yeah, they just want to remind you which city you're in. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, this really does have not only, like, the famous skyscrapers of the building. They actually, like, clearly looked at photos of San Francisco and reconstructed, like, the majority of actual buildings that are in downtown. Yeah. <laughs> because you really can look and, like, I have been in One Rincon Hill, which is the tall building that goes down and the metro... Uh, 
the Metropolitan goes down, and I know that one. And like, like it's just weird to actually see like your home and watch it get destroyed in fairly realistic, if absurd, CG ways. Um, <laughs> that that was honestly enough for me to be like pretty excited throughout this movie, especially as long as I was willing to laugh at all the plot that they tried to shove in. Like, yeah. <laughs> British dude and his stupid brother and <laughs> Daniel. The, the brother, I actually, I actually really enjoyed the little brother. Like he was, he was kind of fun. Like just his, I, I would, it, it, he was one of those things where it's like he's young enough that he can't really do anything offensive, but he's also like saying things that would like you would just be embarrassed of, but at the same time, like it's funny because it's actually working for you. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a cuteness what to I, him. I, I just love that a flirtationship can develop during a tragedy like well, I mean, of that proportion. If you think you're going to die, I mean, you might as well. It's, you got to go for something. <laughs> like, literally, yeah, and apparently that something is like a peck, a peck on the lips. It, when you think about it this way, like, I mean, if I know that this chick's either going to say yes or we're both going to be dead in five hours, like, who, why not? <laughs> like, I can't feel any worse than I'm going to whether or not she rejects me. <laughs> the, the other thing, a thing that was fun to play in this game was look at a character on screen and guess within two seconds if they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and you normally can do that by, like, how smarmy does the character look? <laughs> like, they'll show the person and, like, there's too much makeup on them or they're rich or something. And then you're like, yep, <laughs> he's going to die. <laughs> he's going to die. He's going to deserve to die. We're all going to be okay with that. Yeah. Or if, like, the camera's really shaky and then all of a sudden there's a shot that's locked off completely. <laughs> And like the yeah. like everybody's standing in one spot and that guy's standing somewhere else. You're like, a rock's about to fall on them. Boom, rock yeah. falls on them. You're like, oh, wow. There you go. Escaped from one rock only to fall under another one. <laughs> yeah. If you don't get hit by something from above, you're going to fall below. Yep. Any, anyway, that, we, we can talk. I think it will be fun to talk about the ethics of some of the things in this movie and the decisions the characters make. Uh, but... Yeah, on my end, I would say this is not a good movie on paper. In practice, at least for me up in the Bay Area, it was it was shockingly more fun than I expected given any of the trailers. Yeah. And I don't know what that says about me as a person and my heartlessness <laughs> that I can describe it as fun. But yeah, that was my reaction. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's in some way, like, I mean, think back to uh, Lost World where the T-Rex gets loose in San Diego. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was like dumb as hell, but there was an aspect to like, this, this is like basically my hometown and there's a T-Rex running down the streets. Like that was like the idea of that was fun, more fun than the actual execution of it. Um, but so I, I can kind of get that um, aspect that, that you're coming from. Thank you. <laughs> but for me, um, I've been to San Francisco twi three times now? Twice? Twice. There, mm -hmm. It will be three this weekend. I don't know. Anyways, so obviously I have less of the connection to the area. I mean, I did recognize a number of buildings, <laughs> but not to any sort of like amount that I could glean a bunch of like joy from it. Um, so to me, just watching this movie, I was like, this movie is dumb as f hell. <laughs> like, <laughs> this movie is so goddamn bad. The only way this movie could have been any worse is if at the end of the film, somehow an American flag made its way onto the destroyed remains of the Golden Gate. Wait, wait no, that did happen. Oh, oh my God. Yep. 
Like this, like from the and not not a moment of <laughs> silence for the fallen millions. <laughs> it's just what's gonna happen. No. We will rebuild the whole movie. Like I could, I, all I wanted to see was like a hardcore drama set after this movie ended, and just like the people living in the remains of their cities. Like it just, <laughs> it 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 just like. This movie is so stupid on so many levels. Like from the opening scene is a girl driving in a in a car on the edge of a cliff texting. And she misses two cars when you're like, oh, she's gonna get in a collision, but she doesn't. Oh, she's gonna get in a collision again. Spoilers, she doesn't. And then randomly rock slide just knocks her off a cliff. <laughs> like I just the even setup for the opening scene of this movie is dumb as shit. And then It was like, very the, cartoony, right? I, I didn't know what tone it was trying to strike it was there. Super cartoony. It was dumb as hell. I mean it, it was like it was worse than those like don't text and drive commercials that they play on TV that are made on like PBS or something. Like it was just it was like, God damn it, this is so freaking dumb. And then, like, then The Rock's big rescue moment to show what a badass he is. Like, I, I, why is he tipping the hat? Like, I don't, it makes no sense. Like, like, it'd be one thing if they were, like, lowering this rope into the cliff to try to, like, save this girl. And they're like, oh, shit, we need, like, 20 more feet. And he's like, well, I could try to get my helicopter there. Like, that would make sense. But he's like, no, we're just going to do this because it's fun. And then make this intense like every single bit of like craziness that happens in this film is so it's not even manipulative it's just stupid as shit like nobody thought about it in a way that would make sense and like the effects they're trying to pull like the car doesn't just fall off a cliff like it tumbles end over end down the side of this cliff and then gets stuck vertical on the side of the cliff and you watch the cgi doll of a human being (laughs) just take it and like that's the thing too is like this girl like Clearly, she didn't have her seatbelt on, maybe, because she ends up in the... Like, she does not survive that fall. Like, she is wrecked as shit when, when that car comes to a stop. Like, there's no way that she would survive that. So anyways, like, that, that's like... That, that was my initial thoughts going into the movie. was like, oh, this is going to be really dumb. And then we start getting the exposition. We start getting, like, the stupid decisions that characters make. Like, as soon as The Rock is in his helicopter and he's flying to San Francisco, like, I'm like, dude... Earthquakes are already happening. Like, people are already getting hurt. Like, what is your plan? Like, it takes, in a plane, it takes an hour to get to San Francisco. That's a plane, like, flying, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of feet in the air, going really fast. Your helicopter at the ground level is not faster than a plane. What is your plan? And then he, like, (laughs) something happens and the helicopter is damaged. So he hops in a truck and then the truck... Is blocked by a rip in the earth. Like, <laughs> I don't get. And what does he find? But a plane. I mean, it's just it, what is his plan? Even even like once he's in like, I kind of liked the uh, the place that he gets the plane from. You know, there is a type of job listed on the side of that plane that makes sense how he's going to use it. But forgiving all that, like, what was his plan with the little Cessna? Like, what was he going to do with it? Like. Hope that she gets to the top of the building and like hang a hook, and then he could fly the landing gear by it, and maybe she could yank onto the underside of the plane. Like, look, all, all that matters is he's better at saving people than anyone else, <laughs> and there is exactly one person he gives a shit about saving. Well, well, technically, there's two, but he saves the first one early on in the movie, and then there's only okay, one yeah. person left. But I just, uh, it's. It's so damn offensive, like, the logic of any character in this movie as a whole. And then it's like when they weave all this backstory in to make things sad, you're like, I know this is going to be called back later. There's going to be a scene. 
that involves resetting up the same scenario that put him in this situation in the first place. Like it's, uh, it's just this movie's so damn dumb. <laughs> so, so dumb. So dumb. But did you not take joy in the dumbness? I I, I basked in the dumbness of this movie. I I. I couldn't in that way. I, like, I let it wash over me like a tsunami that the rock is <laughs> rafting to the top of. Like, and that's the thing too is with, with like the with the girls, like, the rocks soon to be ex wife's current boyfriend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, why does he have to be so evil? Like, why does he have to be a bad guy? Like, I want to for once in my freaking life see a movie where the like the movie is told from the perspective of the dude who just came into the relationship. And I'm fine with him getting screwed by the end of the film, like where it turns out that like through the course of this disaster, she realizes she still loves her ex-husband or soon to be ex-husband. Like, I'm fine with that course of action taking, but I want him to be a sympathetic character. I want him to have risked his life to save a member of the family and then at the end still get screwed. That's fine. If you want to put him back with the, the main hero, that's cool. But you don't have to make the guy evil. A house doesn't have to fall on him or like anything <laughs> like that. Like, it, it doesn't. I don't get why that's a trope. Like it's bullshit. Like, like it, it is a total trope, though. Not even just in disasters, but in like Nicholas Sparks romances in everything. <laughs> that's where I went with the house falling one. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like there. If there is a love triangle, one one of the three sides of the triangle <laughs> needs to die somehow. Yeah, and, and like, because we don't we don't want to handle the idea that like a person can care about someone and still not be in love with them anymore and like i'm i'm still fine if you want to put a love triangle like imagine if this was a bunch of like people who were at an open house in san francisco when this disaster came and it's like one hot chick and then two hot dudes and during the course of them trying to survive both dudes are constantly trying to save the girl and like there's a love triangle there and like everybody's like sad if somebody gets hurt like i'm like if you want to do that shit go ahead and do it but like you don't have to have one of them be an evil person who you theoretically want to die or or even somebody who like you're like, oh, he's not so bad. And then he makes some decision that's like that guy and then he should, he should totally die. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. Like one of the reasons I love Cloverfield is because it I mean, obviously there is still relationship stuff involved in there. But it's like we are following a group of people who happen to be having a party when this event started. It's not a dude who's a super crazy rescue hero man. It's not like some guy who is really good at whatever. Like it, it's just people who got stuck in a situation. And like, that's the thing is you don't need to add stakes to the scenario. It's an entire, it's the, one of the biggest States in the freaking country. I mean, like the only thing close to it is Texas, right? Like it's, this is a huge freaking state with millions of people. Like why do we need relationship emotional stakes like you don't it's it's millions of people who are dying because of this crazy disaster you don't need to add stakes just have people trying to survive and you have a whole freaking movie like it writes itself you don't have to add in all this shit like i uh, I, i kind of got the sense when watching this movie that like the firefighters of america or something were actively involved and trying to squeeze into this movie like moments of let's teach the audience what you should do and what you shouldn't do and to show what you shouldn't do they have this smarmy rich asshole daniel (laughs) (laughs) and i think can we just agree we can spoil the movie like it doesn't matter Uh, yeah 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 (laughs) because we've already more than alluded to the fact that daniel is an asshole and he dies (laughs) Um, i think we can all just agree that that's what he is 
the, the, and the, what the, I, the best, we, we gotta talk about the way he dies though just yeah we, uh, uh, how far he makes it before he dies <laughs> and what kills him is i mean i already alluded to it but yeah what I, what I love about the progression of his character, which is very bizarre. So you first see him and you're like, oh, yeah, I hate this guy. Like, f*** this guy. He's wearing like two pounds of eyeshadow or something. He's like, <laughs> oh, hey, yeah, I'm marrying marrying your ex-wife. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it is a nice place I got here. Cool. <laughs> and you're like, yep, they're setting him up. He's scrawny. He's the guy who's not a man. He's the one who can't protect the family. Yeah. This is where he's they're gonna going take, with this He's going to take the Rock's daughter off to college and not the Rock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then they have this moment on the plane where he and the daughter are talking, and they make him seem, like, pretty nice. <laughs> like, like she asked him why he never had kids, and he has, like, a kind of heartfelt little moment, and he's like, I just want you to know, no, I, n- I never want to get between you and your father. I'm not going to try to do that. <laughs> no, that's the worst thing is, like, I, I, I don't even know who wrote that and whether they were trying to make him seem good or bad, but, like, the idea of, like, look... I don't want to be your dad. I'm not going to try to be your dad. Your dad can be your dad. Like, there's no, like, it'd be one thing if he's like, look, I love your mom. I love you. I would like to be there for you in as much a capacity as you, you, but I don't want to replace your father. Like, like, there's a better way to say it than like, I'm not interested in being your dad. <laughs> like, it just, it just seemed like, like, she even I made feel, a face, I feel like, like he didn't huh? say, quote, I'm not interested in being your dad. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. It was like it was almost verbatim what he said. He's like, I'm not gonna replace your father. I don't want to be your dad. I don't want to do that. <laughs> or something like that. I, okay, I didn't I didn't get a read on it that way. I got a read of like this is a person who is being nice. She's like seeing him in a nice way. And then the next scene, the progression starts. You know, he tries to help her. He decides, I'm going to go get help. And she's like, no, what are you doing? You should stay with me. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to be my dad now. (laughs) Yeah. Which already at that point, like, I'm not really against him. I'm thinking like, yeah, he's kind of being reasonable. Like he wants to go get help. He doesn't have beefy muscles like the rock to to lift whatever is on (laughs) on the limo. And then, you know, he tries and then he kind of gets shocked, like shell shocked after what happened. And he just kind of starts wandering. And it seems like he is in a, a quandary. He's like a, he's kind of douchey at this point. Like I would not, I would break up with him at this point if like it were my daughter and I were the one dating him. Yeah. But like, he's like a douchebag, kind of, like kind of self-centered. By the next scene, <laughs> you see him rip a person. <laughs> <laughs> rip a person off of a wall and throw them into the abyss <laughs> so he can clutch onto something. Like, they've just turned him into a monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty bad. But then they try to and humanize he's... him by, like, having one of his shoes missing. So you're like, oh, I feel sorry for him for having to walk foot. <laughs> They they basically just turn him into a monster because they want you by the end. They're trying to hold your hand and lead you into a place where, like, he's going to die and you're going to laugh about it. Yeah. You're going to cheer. We're going to show a, show him dying. We're not going to cut away from it. <laughs> and you're all going to be super cool with it. And then, like, throughout the, the movie, random other characters, like, like the daughter and the mom are just like, can you believe Daniel? F*** that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hate I, that guy. I mean... <laughs> I really wanted scenes where he's just, she's just repeating, he left us, he left us, and then a T-Rex just eats him off a toilet. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, so anyway, Daniel was stupid. 
that was stupid. Every everything about the movie was stupid. I think we can be clear here. I think Paul Giamatti did nothing of value. Like hey, he he warned all of San Francisco by pirating. This is the thing is, it, like I get that the signals are down, so they can't broadcast. But who the f- is receiving the broadcast? <laughs> like, yeah, nobody. <laughs> that shit's destroyed. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know who he's supposed to be helping. <laughs> There's that line too where he's like, oh, he's like, tries to pull a shit and there's this. I just wish I could have done more. I wish I could have saved more. Uh, the, the grad student at the beginning of the movie, the poor, poor, angelic Asian grad student. Okay, so here's the thing with the grad student guy, okay? First of all, so the we're just whatever we're spoiling the shit out of this movie. So yep. we are in. I mean, I'm not even gonna give a spoiler territory line now because we're already we've been there, as you said earlier. Anyways, so they make this device that can predict earthquakes four seconds before they happen, <laughs> <laughs> which which already is dumb as shit. But basically, what they're doing is they're using uh, what looks like a can on the end of a stick to read. <laughs> electrical impulses from the earth right before it happens right so mm-hmm. i'm pretty certain that device can go through like four bricks and like going one level deep in a freaking dam is not getting you closer to the center of the earth to be able to read these like <laughs> magnetic <laughs> vibrations like there's no reason why that guy should have been underground other than to have this stupid scene where where that happens and then and then so he's running and the bridge is like crumbling and he's running as it's crumbling and like paul giamatti's like oh, oh, run and like, they're like trying to figure out what he's gonna do and at the last second he like tosses the girl and he falls he doesn't have like his femur impaled by like like a bar or something like that it's his foot like mm-hmm. I, you have to fall really fast and really hard to impale your foot through your shirt shoe on one little bar i feel like mm-hmm. He could have easily escaped that scenario or like, I feel like it would hurt. You would probably cut yourself, but it wouldn't impale you. Like your foot by itself doesn't have enough weight for you to like generate the force needed to puncture it, especially when your body hits first and your foot lands afterwards. Like that, 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 like why, why, like why wouldn't he jump, fall down one level below and then Paul Giamatti could look down and be like, oh, I I can get a ladder and then like the rest of the rock falls like that would be fine. Second problem there is look away. <laughs> there's just a barrier that tells you where the dam's gonna stop breaking. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was the dumbest <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my life. Like it's like brrr, brrr. all you have to do is make it to this red line and we'll be totally safe. Come, come, you can make it. Like that was the dumbest thing. Who wrote that shit? Like I'm sorry. Like that whole area is in danger. You can't just run to like like. Oh, so you have like a full size dam, but only like the middle half of the dam is actually going to break and crumble. The rest of the dam will be totally fine as long as you're past the little red barriers. Ugh. Damn it, that shit was dumb. Hey, well, didn't you see they were projecting like a first down line so they would know where he has to get? <laughs> well, you should have like run out of bounds and stop the clock or something. I don't know. But yeah, the, the poor grad student. Poor, beautiful grad student. <laughs> who risks his life to save a child and in his dying moments all he can think about is look away don't let her see <laughs> why why is that girl just riding her well she, she was on a bike right wasn't she like on a bike or she was just hiding behind something later on there's a bike person yeah yeah 
now I don't know why she's just sitting and hiding. Like, why isn't she running like everybody else? <laughs> well, she's traumatized. I mean, it's just like the little girl in uh, uh, what the hell, the the Pacific Rim, right? The little Asian girl in the flashback. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she's just she's just scared and hiding behind a dumpster while the giant kaiju walks towards her. <laughs> <laughs> She, she's actually a waterbender. She's the one who did this. <laughs> oh, good times. Anyway, there was. So that's the thing is this movie between that scene and the the girl texting and driving and then CG crashing. Like the movie set itself up as being very cartoonish to me. Like very, yeah. very. This is not a serious disaster movie. This is gonna be goofy as hell. And somehow that made it so, like, when it got to all these dumb, completely illogical things, unlike a movie like Godzilla, where the logic of it drove me crazy because it felt, like, completely serious to me, this time I was like, I don't care. I was I was in Furious 7 mode. I was in, like, doesn't matter what happens. <laughs> doesn't matter why anyone does anything. This is just going to be stupid. Well, and, yeah. like, I'm okay with that. What's funny though is like you know like I I really liked Man of Steel. I'm like I feel like I'm the one of the only people on the planet that actually really loved that movie. And in that movie, like all the people were complaining about how like oh like there's no consequences for like people fighting and blowing up buildings and like there's no like blah 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 for like whole groups of people that are dying. And like in that film, it made sense to me, right? Because you're showing these two superpowered beings, and yes, there's a lot of like collateral damage, but like. It's all necessary to stop this, like whatever. Like I, I was totally fine with them not going in on a ground level and showing people because they're not the focus of what's actually happening. In this film, as soon as like damage occurs, there aren't people anymore. Like every time there's like a big like oh a building falls and then all the people are just gone. Like there's no bodies laying around. There's no like reference to the fact that like there's a, just a shit ton of people dead everywhere. Even like when they're like after the tsunami come the tsunami comes. And they're just, like, floating through debris. There aren't bodies in the water. But you know there would be thousands. Like, they would just be, like, hitting bodies as they're, like... Well, Bruh. that's because I would say this is a tsunami. You know, it's a comedy <laughs> about a tsunami. <laughs> oh. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but you know what I mean, though? Like, it just seemed like, like they're walking with a group of people. Like, it kind of makes sense when... Once, like, the National Guard or whatever, the Coast Guard and the fire people are, like, trying to evacuate everybody and everybody's technically walking one direction and they're walking the other direction, it starts to sort of make sense that the streets would be a little bit more empty in the area where they're going. But besides that, like, once the tsunami comes, like, dude, I'm sorry, there are, like, a shit ton of people that are just going to be floating between the buildings. Why? I mean, I mean, I know it would be grotesque as hell if like they're just like speedboating through the center of a city and just, like bodies everywhere. But they're hitting debris, and also like that little skiff or whatever the hell it is. Like the the the, the rudder can't like the engine and everything can't handle just hitting debris like that constantly as you're powering through a city. Like you would have to go really slow to not. You'd probably have to pull your engine up and then just like paddle yourself through the city. To not, like, totally destroy that thing. Not that I'm, like, a seaman or anything. <laughs> I just, Wouldn't I, want to be that. <laughs> I don't know. This movie just pissed me off so much. Also, like, um, <clears throat> the, so, 
you know, we, we talked about how the, the evil boyfriend of the mom just like ditches her and leaves her. So she meets up with these two boys who are like sort of helping her along, but really she's helping them along. And there's a scene where like the room's filling with water and he's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you leaving her? And then, and then like he leaves, he goes up like three flights of stairs. And then his brother's like, she's going to die, isn't she? He's like, no, I'm going back for her. But like, you've waited so long. Like, what is the expectation that she's alive? Like, once he got to the stairwell, he could have set his brother in the stairs and be like, go get her. I'm going to kill myself trying to rescue her. Like, he could have done anything like that. But instead, he's like, nope, uh, we're just where you're going. And then he's like, well, actually, she was kind of hot, so I should probably go back and try to rescue her. Like, at that point, I think that, like, she's already been ditched once by a group of people. Now she's been ditched twice. Like, I don't feel that, like, when her storyline resolves, that she'll be all, like, super hugging on that guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I had a kind of inverse thought about that, too, which is this is a guy who is taking care of his younger brother. And right away, when he sees that someone is in need, he drags his younger brother down into the crumbling garage. Like, he basically, his principles about family are the opposite of The Rock. Like, The Rock is like, I will save my family at all costs. And he's like... I'm going to put my kid in danger if it means saving this beautiful woman I just met. <laughs> but, but, and, and that already felt weird. So I, I almost liked that at least for one moment in the movie, he put his brother first. But it was also, it wasn't just like a, like he could have said, you stay up here, I'll be back. But he knew that like he didn't want to be separated from his brother. So he was like, he mm-hmm. was trying to help somebody. And the only way he knew how was to drag his brother. It wasn't like he was, like it'd be different if when the room was filling with water, he was like, all right. We're going to count to three, take a big breath, and we're going to go try to swim and save her. Like, you know, like, this is like, he doesn't know that the earthquake's not done. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's it's more of a, like, mm-hmm. you, I'm, I'm going to lose you if you don't come with me, so come with me. And as long as you're by my side, then theoretically I can help. Like, I, I felt that was less, I thought it was less irresponsible than it was just, like, him trying to do two things at once, and the best thing is to bring him with him, because if something does happen, at least he's there with him. I, I can buy that. Let, let's talk about another weird parallel. Um, when The Rock is in Bakersfield and people are taking things from a store, that is looting. <laughs> yeah. That's bad. Yeah. When his daughter is going breaking into an electronic store and taking the service box from a fire fire truck <laughs> in the middle of a disaster, <laughs> then that's resourceful and that's, cunning. That's what I was going to say like er, earlier with your comment about... Uh, how you feel that like fire and rescue was somehow part of the making of this movie to teach people what to do. I was going to bring up the point that I'm pretty sure they don't want you to steal from their fire trucks. <laughs> and and just in general too, you get this sense like, like with the mother and with uh, the daughter in both of their cases, there are moments of a disaster where they know the right thing to do and no one else does. And I know they probably couldn't persuade them to join them, but it's like they don't even try. <laughs> like the mom gives lip service to like, hey, we should go to the roof. We shouldn't go down. Oh, well. <laughs> and then she goes up. Then everybody else goes down and everybody else dies. <laughs> yeah. and, dude, and that was the dumb thing, too, is like so they make they make the sister of the boyfriend evil as shit. <laughs> so they, she only has like 30 seconds to be evil. So they still have to kill her because that's the rule. If they're bad, then they have to die. But like yeah. she just runs into a bathroom and then... <laughs> 
<laughs> the wife opens the door and the bathroom's not there. <laughs> I was just, it was so dumb. <laughs> oh, god damn it! And then speaking of cartoonies, how was like the falling through four flights of st- of like floor? But, like, just hitting each floor on the way down. <laughs> oh, but, you know, she got bloody. It disappeared a few minutes later. But yeah. at, at the moment, she had a little blood on her. I think it was probably the wind from the uh, helicopter plates that just wiped the blood away. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> so one one ethical issue I have <laughs> among among many. Yes. But the one... So this movie is cartoony like it is played largely for cheers and if not laughs at least like the thrill of watching them survive it isn't played as the tragedy of a billion people dying um yet it's drawing on like exaggerated but real things like an earthquake there was a big earthquake in nepal not that long ago a tsunami there have been big tsunamis in places that wiped out like large parts of the population and on one hand i feel like that's okay like all movies kind of are drawing from real fears and turning them into big adventures but on another there's a kind of weird thing about the fact that like I found it thrilling and enjoyable to watch this disaster strike when you're literally watching like a crowd of people on a bridge just get like drowned immediately <laughs> and you're watching that and you're like oh well the rock's going to survive that's okay and we're going to rebuild at the end so everybody's going to be okay and I don't know I I don't even know if I should feel bad about that or not like is it is it kind of sickening that this is a form of entertainment like, couldn't it have been aliens or something? <laughs> At least something that isn't real. Or, like, alien video games. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> what if a giant Pac-Man ate the, ate the Golden Gate Bridge? <laughs> Much better. <laughs> giant Frogger leaping from one end of the bridge to the other. Somebody annihilate him! <laughs> <laughs> How did that movie get made, by the way? Uh, well, it was a short film back in the day, like a million years ago. I remember watching a video online of like pixelated video game things in real life, and somebody mm-hmm. finally bought the rights to it, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's Chris Columbus, the Harry Potter man. <laughs> the one who discovered America. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the one that discovered America. Is that really his name? I think it is. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> no, it can't be. No, no, I know I know the discoverer is Chris Columbus. I'm wondering like what am I getting wrong? No, no, it's, it's yeah, it's it's his real name. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, how that that movie somehow it got written, it got edited, Adam Sandler got cast in it, Josh Gad, both of these people like if they're in a movie now, it means the movie sucks. <laughs> like almost, almost guaranteed. Like if Josh Gad yeah, or Adam Frozen. Sandler are in it, it's like a bad movie. Okay, it can be animated. <laughs> animated <laughs> is an exception. But yeah, <laughs> what were we saying before we got on this tangent? Something about the ethics of watching all these people die. 
Yep. Watching them die in a realistic way as opposed to a giant Pac-Man. Yeah. Well, I, I, honestly, like, one of the, I think the, the real ethical problem is, like, the film is talking about, like, this quake is so damn big that they will feel it on the East Coast. And we never cut away from Los Angeles or San Francisco. Like, a quake of that magnitude is going to just, like, shit up lots of places. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they could have done, like, what Independence Day would do, where they cut to a bunch of major cities getting blown up for at least a second. You know what I mean? Like, like sure, the movie is taking place mostly in San Francisco, but, like, you could see that this is, like, because imagine what's going on in the rest of the world. Like, what, like when we have, like, a big string of tornadoes or something in, like, the Bible Belt of the United States, like, we, like, know about it like there are news broadcasts from other places and people like watching monitors going like oh shit like that's crazy like this whole town just got leveled by like six tornadoes at once um but like nobody is i guess the real problem is since twitter gets you know drowned nobody can actually tweet what's happening and nobody knows what's actually going on Mm -hmm. it's probably what it is yeah nobody nobody knows anything in this movie yet (laughs) paul giamatti saved the day and he gets the beautiful reporter to touch his leg He's at all, the end of the movie. He's all, guys, we have figured out a way to predict when earthquakes will happen. Oh, h- how far ahead of time? Like, literally as they're about to happen. <laughs> like, yeah. we have the same technology dogs have. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, what's, what's that, Lassie? What, 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 what's wrong? Timmy fall in the well? Oh, earthquake's going to happen? Oh, shit, earthquake. <laughs> like, just, there's no... That's not time. To, to be fair, he also was able to say that the earthquakes were going to continue and get worse. And I think there's like 45 minutes there or something like that. True. So he kind of helps people. Yeah, that, I mean, that is true. But, but at that point, it's he's using data gleaned from the fact that like this huge earthquake happened, but the top part of the plate didn't move yet. Like everyone else in the world that has like equipment that can monitor earthquakes should also be able to come to the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. Potentially, especially considering I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that they don't own all those monitoring stations all up, up and down California. But but Chris, they're the only ones who understand what it means. They're the only ones that have Cal in the name of the school. <laughs> Except for Cal, which is what UC Berkeley is called. Uh, OK, gotcha. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I take anyway. it all back. This movie's 100 percent accurate. And what about Cal State San Marcos? True. True. Just, just whatever. Yep. <laughs> Take it off. What about every single college in California? <laughs> Other than that, Biola isn't in the, in the list anymore. <laughs> well, it's not a real college, right? <laughs> yeah. No, of course not. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> oh, shit. I just thought of a movie called The Zoos of Pacific Rim. I, I, don't, know what it, I don't know what it would be about. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, yes, <laughs> the the movie is dumb, very dumb. Paul Giamatti doesn't really do anything. What, what like, is it? Ha- I don't know who he's helping. Why is it got to be even called? Like, I know that like all this originates with the San Andreas Fault, but like, just like they could have called it like the big one or something else. You know what I mean? Like, they don't need to like try to give us four seconds of science and be like, well, what if? Okay, if we follow the Colorado River, that is like a natural boundary. Natural boundaries happen between uh, faults. Okay, so so what if I draw a line here and then I connect this possible maybe fault with a line to the San Andreas? Oh my, that that's half of California. This is oh my god. <laughs> like, 
basically he used as much intelligence as it takes to solve a puzzle in Highlights magazine to figure out what was going to happen. <laughs> well, and you got to love the movie where whenever a professor is introduced, he's giving a lecture that's like the most basic overview of the field all the <laughs> yeah. time. Like he's sitting in class and who knows what class this is. Like he's saying we when he talks to the class. So the students supposedly study this already. And he's basically describing, like, let's look at all the biggest earthquakes <laughs> that have ever happened. And you know that scene was written by whoever wrote the scene in uh, Lucy, because the one yes. person raises their hand, they're like, what would happen if there was an even bigger earthquake? <laughs> like, what was that girl's question? <laughs> oh, no, that was, it was like, can we tell when they're going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> Do we think this could happen again? <laughs> not only, it's not just a question of if, it's a question of when. And he like looks to the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I got a very Lucy, Lucy or Transcendence vibe from that scene. Oh, God. Could you offload intelligence into a machine? I believe you can. <laughs> End of question. Yeah, done. Oh, man. I, I, and I, I, at, at the very least, it was kind of like it's. Uh, Unfortunately, you're swimming through so much bullshit, but the idea of like, yes, these type of phenomenon happen like every 150 years and we're about 100 years overdue, that's at least a chilling thought, whether or not that's actually an accurate statement. Um, But like, besides that, this movie is like, Yes. Just say this movie was written on shaky ground. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) And with that... (laughs) We talked way longer than I thought we would about San Andreas. No, it was funny because like it was like 13 minutes in. I was like, wow, this episode's almost done. <laughs> and then we just kept going. The earthquakes kept coming. Yep. Until until San Francisco moves. <laughs> earthquakes still gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Also, like, don't we have like didn't we just discover like volcanoes in Oregon or something that are like super active all of a sudden. Like I feel like this fi- I think so. I feel like this film is was created in proximity to geological phenomenon that we know that could have added to this. Like I feel like a quake of that magnitude that close to an area where there's like these like volcanoes underground, like at least we could get like some big eruption scenes like oh shit, that's happening over there too. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. So pretty much your your biggest issue with this movie is they didn't also have a volcano. <laughs> One of my biggest issues is the big the big pull quote of the movie is that you'll feel it from the east coast. <laughs> and not once do they cut to the east coast and show <laughs> I want them to cut and show some of me like, did you feel that? <laughs> no. Oh my god, I didn't stay till after the credits, but that would be the best thing ever. Is if like Roland Emmerich is sitting in a park in like New York and he's just all did you feel that? Oh, it was probably nothing. <laughs> that would be the greatest end credit sequence ever made. Oh. Good times. Good times. So should we uh should we get to our final uh verdicts on the movie? <laughs> Why not? All right, Steven. Uh, now that I've spent more time enjoying this review than I did the movie, <laughs> if you were going to give this a must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? So I think I need to fork my <laughs> verdict, depending on the audience. 
I think by the merits of the film, this is a... I'm actually not going to give it a must-avoid. I'm going to say it's a pass with a caveat on its own merits, only because at least I saw it in 3D. I skipped over the dumb drama. Like, they've... They make sure the drama doesn't take up much time at all in the script. The vast majority is watching things get destroyed, and I feel like it's what you see is what you get. Like, you know going in, pass with caveat. Caveat is it's not great. Um, for a person living in the Bay Area, I would probably bump it up to a wait for rental, except for you shouldn't actually wait for rental. You should see it on a giant IMAX while you're sitting right next to all the buildings that you watch get destroyed they should, <laughs> because that that is kind of fun. They should have just uh, done the premiere on a boat with the movie being projected onto a giant tsunami that's coming towards them. Also, every time you see a school bus on the Golden Gate Bridge, you have to take a shot. <laughs> Every movie, the new Terminator movie, doesn't a school bus flip on the Golden Gate Bridge? Well, uh, our our hero uh, is driving the bus, so we don't know yet whether she got on the bus off the bridge and took it onto the bridge, or if she stole the bus while she was on the bridge. We have yet to mm-hmm. find out, so we can't we can't judge that yet. But yes. I'm just saying, there's still a school bus visual on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And I, and I, t- I texted you about that last night. Wasn't there, didn't somebody say that like everybody was off of work? That's why nobody responded fast enough. I, I could have sworn that this was like either a holiday or a weekend. I, I think so. I'm not sure. Because I think like when it You first, still need a school bus. Because when it first happens in Los Angeles, like they're like, oh yeah, like nobody could react fast enough because like er- nobody was working. Everybody was just like at home sleeping or something like that. Um, I can't remember the quote, but like I remember thinking like, like, I laughed because I saw the school bus. I thought of you. And then I was like, wait, why is, like, of all the times that it doesn't make sense to have a school bus there is, like, when school is not in session. Yes. And the same question I posed to uh, Godzilla and other movies. Why, if you're fleeing a disaster, do you go across a bridge up to Nowheresville? San Francisco is a peninsula. You can go south. <laughs> there are mountains below you. You're well, going to be fine. Just get out of downtown. Don't walk through downtown across a giant bridge. Well, I mean, St- Stephen, I mean, obviously the earthquake was only happening in San Francisco proper. So once you cross the bridge, you're, you're free from the earthquake. I mean, duh. <laughs> Come on. Did you like watching a BART train shoot out of the ground, by the way? I thought that was pretty entertaining. Wait, did that happen? Yeah, that happened. I, for some reason, I don't remember that. The, the quake is happening, and you see a train just like go and screaming, <laughs> screaming voices. That's considering. I'll so be, enjoy that. Think about that tomorrow morning. Yeah, I was gonna say, considering I'll be riding the bar train tomorrow, I'm not too stoked about that. Mm-hmm. Half, like the first time I rode that, like I happened to meet a stranger getting onto it, and I was like talking to them, and like there's a section of the bar that just makes this horrible metal grinding sound, and I was just like, it's supposed to make that sound, right? <laughs> It always makes that sound because yep. that shit does not feel sturdy. <laughs> like it feels like a wooden coaster at Six Flags where it's just like the physics are barely keeping this thing on the track. <laughs> well, third time's a charm, right? We'll see if I survive this ride. Yep. Good luck. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> uh, this damn movie. I think this movie, like, so if I would have been seeing this like with friends instead of alone in a literally fully packed theater, um, I might have enjoyed it more. 
But the problem is, like, the people around me seem to be completely immune to the stupidity of the film. Like, there, like there was literally this woman sitting next to me, and you know the scene where like the water starts to to like pull back, mm-hmm. and uh, like the one of the highlights of the trailer for this movie is a big ass wave coming towards the Golden Gate Bridge, right? That's like mm-hmm. the money shot of the trailer. It's like, oh shit, tsunami. This woman next to me like pieces it together as the water's being pulled out that a tsunami's gonna happen. <laughs> and she <laughs> literally said, Oh, tsunami. <laughs> I was like, What? What are you even in this theater for? What do you mean? Like, oh shit, tsunami. Like, that's what you're here to see is the tsunami. That's the what you came for. That's the big, like, final big thing. Uh Maybe she forgot. <laughs> Apparently she was so, like, distracted by the rock or something. I don't know. Like, did, did everyone here see the trailer? And she's like, tsunami. <laughs> oh, that one got me way too good. <laughs> oh, man. So anyways, like, I, this is like, this this movie is, is a quality level must avoid but if you're ever going to watch it just go see it in the theater <laughs> it's one of those movies so bad so bad like and i watch some dumbass disaster movies um but this one for some reason just offends me on much more levels just because the these things it tries to emphasize while like showing the complete opposite of that constantly is just too annoying like the rock like i will never let anybody die until i'm going to rescue my daughter <laughs> then just screw everyone who's drowning or dying or on fire or crushed to death or anything like that so that that's a fun part too is he he's on his way to save people and he literally turns the helicopter around to fly <laughs> to go save his wife and then fly to san francisco he's like he's actually not not doing his job at all it's like just doing my job nope <laughs> not gonna do my job now it's kind of like uh in 2012 or whatever the Roland Emmerich movie is where John Cusack's in a limo and he's totally supposed to be picking somebody up and he just turns the limo around to go get his family. <laughs> that was that movie, right? I think so. Oh, good times. I don't got friends. I got family. Uh, <laughs> isn't your firefighter crew your family too? Nope. I only got blood relatives. <laughs> Uh, blood relatives and British <laughs> British kids. <laughs> uh, good times. Also, I love that, like, this is just one last comment. <laughs> just call it a day. They make, like, the, in the scene you brought up earlier, where, like, the soon-to-be father-in-law, or soon-to-be stepdad, is like, I never had children because I just build these buildings. I mean, check out this building I'm building right here. This building... When it's done, will be the strongest, the safest, the greatest building in all of San Francisco. So it's like it's setting up this like that's the strongest structure in existence. So like, go there. So they go there, and that shit's just falling apart. <laughs> like I get that it wasn't done being built yet, but like why, why even have the line where he talks about how strong it is, if like it turns out to like the second that wave hits it it tips over like it, it it like falls against another building so like yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure being strong doesn't mean a wave can hit it <laughs> it means it survived the earthquake 
I don't think they build these to be wave proof. <laughs> I, but I, yes, when you when you counteract my statement like that, it sounds like I'm an idiot. But what I mean is, like, <laughs> the other buildings around it are still up. Like, it's just that building that's crumbling because mm-hmm. it's a metaphor for the mother's relationship with the boyfriend. Yep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when there's other, like, at least it's got, like, a round surface and, like, theoretically the shape of the building would allow it to divert the force of the wave like around itself i don't know i'm just making shit up now but anyways like the other older buildings that have been there for like a million years those things are like still up in fact there's another building that props up his building when it hits it so like i just i i don't understand the like this is like seriously like i made like the dopest shit ever i mean it's like impervious to any sort of disaster and then like nope it's pervious to it (laughs) yep (laughs) i don't care if that's a word (laughs) Anyways, <clears throat> I just remembered that the the mother literally says to Daniel over voicemail, "I hope you die <laughs> in this disaster." No, she says, "If you're not already dead, I'm gonna f- kill you." Okay, it's a little better. Uh, the best thing too is like I knew I knew that line was coming. Like I was, I was like, "This is gonna be the one F word for this movie. This is gonna be hilarious." Uh, Did your crowd cheer? My crowd cheered. Uh, yeah, we cheered. Or I shouldn't say we. Our, my crowd cheered. Yep. I just went like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock's like, damn girl, or whatever he said. <laughs> I am the cavalry. <laughs> Dude, you should have said that. Uh, I do. I th- There should be a movie where, like, The Rock hides as a priest, and then he says the line the same way. (laughs) (laughs) I am the Calvary. And then rips off his priest uniform and just caps and bulls. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think uh, we should end this movie. It's a good note to go out on. (laughs) All right. Uh, do you want to let people know where they can find you, Stephen? If the place you reside uh, in is still not earthquaked or drowned. Yeah. So you can find me at that place that we went with your little sister for her birthday <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> remember that, sweetie? You can find me there. I, re- I remember. I'm talking about twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. Yeah, that's where he took me for my birthday. <laughs> Tweet tower. So people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. Um, you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Uh, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow the podcast at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thesportthewarning.com. You can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Um, also, if uh, if you own a helicopter and uh, you sense that the big one's coming, we can give you our personal contacts and you can fly to help rescue us so that we survive the disaster. Um, but besides that, um, music from this film, San Andreas, is playing right now. Uh, so hopefully you're enjoying that 
Thank you, Stephen, for joining me on this episode. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> I'll be joining you tomorrow. <laughs> yep. And uh, later in the feeds, we will have a review of Aloha. Um, so <laughs> I, I hear this is going to be another disaster. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so I have a question, Chris. Yeah. If I if I were stuck under a car and things were crumbling around, would you save me? Would you run away? Uh, I would attempt to save you. And then when we both realize that I have no upper body strength, um, I think we just give each other a nod and <laughs> say it's been fun. <laughs> I would throw throw a little girl at you, and then you'd run away. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I would at least check the trunk for uh, carjack and yep. stuff like that. Try try to help get you out. Or or I appreciate need, it. I, I'd help chew your arm off or whatever. <laughs> whatever it is. That's the plot of 127 hours, right? Some guy chews someone else's arm off. <laughs> that would be the best thing. Where you're like, Chris, don't leave me. I'm like. I'm gonna go get help, and I just come back with a hacksaw, and you're like, "What the fuck is that for?" And they go, I, "Dude, I can't lift this. We're just gonna we're gonna cut your leg off." Cool. And you're like, "Not cool." I'm the British engineer in this scenario, so I'm shouting like, "Pop the tires! Pop the tires!" <laughs> I will, I you're will, just sawing my arm. I will say, out of all the the movies where somebody like MacGyver's their their way out of a situation, I feel like his progression of trying things was actually pretty decent. Like I. Yep. Like, the, the, the popping of the tires, the, like, you know, first he tries to do a little fulcrum action and just, like, pop this thing off. He realizes he can't. He's not strong enough. And he's like, okay, well, let's chuck what's in the trunk. He does that. It's not getting there high enough. And then he's like, oh, shit, pop the tires. Like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to remember that tire trick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> also, if there's a uh, lava flood coming towards you, you can pop all the tires on one side of a bus and push it over. <laughs> I learned that from <laughs> Volcano. <laughs> And remember, if you're ever in a disaster and you loot an electronics store, the credit card reader is connected to a landline. True. The movie really wants you to know that. Except for you're in San Francisco, so it's probably all square card readers yeah. or like something like that. Yeah, but this was actually anti-square propaganda, I think. Yeah, pretty much. It was like, see, you want little dial-up shit. <laughs> all right, good times. Well, we should probably head out, so. <laughs> I will see you in a few hours. Well, it's like, I'll see you in the highest point in the city. Yes. Which, I mean, I feel like that place you took me to was way higher than any of the places they went. Yeah, also closer. <laughs> closer than where they went. <laughs> okay, just, just, I wanted to get it in my head to make sure I knew where to go in case a tsunami does hit while I'm down there tomorrow. Yep. Go to the scuba store. <laughs> Is there really a scuba store? Probably, I don't know. Uh, There's everything. All right, well, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody.